0: But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Thanks, Rob. A uh, few thoughts I wanted to share on this idea as we've been looking at this uh, chapter in Luke describing the birth of Jesus and, and God's entrance into our world in the form of humanity. And if, if you haven't been here the past few weeks, we've been looking at the story of how um, God announced how he would enter our world. And it came through very humble beginnings, came through this young woman, Mary, and and the man that she was engaged to, Joseph, and, and like we saw in the story here for the children, they were making this journey. And eventually Jesus was promised to be born into very humble beginnings in this manger. And that would be the sign. So that's what we looked at last week. So, um, we see now the shepherds, they've heard this message. If you remember last week, and as we saw here in the story, they were just awed. I mean, when, when we talk about angels singing, sometimes we picture, um, church plays if you've ever been to those like little Christmas musicals and you got like chubby little kids with um wings sewn on their back all singing Glub. I mean it's cute. Uh that's not the picture of the angels. This was like a host, a thousand angels at the top of their voice with all their passion. Glory to God in the high we got a little ones so I don't want to wake them. Glory to God in the highest. Just praising, singing like we were doing here and just magnified, level all the way up to ten. Just praising the Lord. So if you were a shepherd there, imagine what happened. You're flat on your face. You're, I mean, the response was appropriately fear. But now they get up and we see how they responded as Rob read for us that they go looking for this baby. So what are a few things briefly that we can learn from how the shepherds responded to this glorious experience? Because they experienced glory. I think one thing we can learn about them is that they pursued. They pursued. It's interesting when we look at here, and again, we're, we're, we're going by what we have here. It doesn't seem that there are clear instructions how the angels told them to respond. So it wasn't like the angels did this great concert and sang at the top of their lungs and, okay, now y'all go look for this baby. You're going to find him. Take two rights. Take your GPS, make a left, take a right at the donkey. You know, keep following the smell, and eventually you'll. They, they didn't give clear instructions. They didn't say, okay, now you're supposed to go here. And this is how you appropriately approach the King of the universe. That's come to earth. You know, you bow three times and you bring, there, there, doesn't seem to be any of that. They just, the angels just said, here's the sign. Here's what it would look like. So these shepherds, they could have responded in some different ways. They could be like, heck no. Did you all just see that too? Or was it just me? Did I just have some bad falafel or was it, did you all hear that too? I mean, you saw the angels like mighty, like fearsome, like sick. I mean, you, you all saw that too. Wow. And just kind of hang out there and just keep telling each other how great the experience was. Oh, wow. You remember last week? Remember the the angels gave us that concert? I mean, that, that was epic. No, they hear the message and what do they do? They respond. They pursue. They go to actually seek out what the message was about. And, and this, the shepherds, their faith journey, it involved them. They heard the good news. They heard these awesome things about the Lord come, but they also took action to pursue steps for themselves. For them, that meant looking for this Jesus. For them, that meant looking for this king, for this baby. And and we see here, right? They're going with expectation. It says they went with haste. They weren't dilly-dallying around. They said, yo, there's something epic, big going on here. Let's go find it. And and I think the simple point here, um, Christianity, the, the Christian faith is more than just a religious meeting. It's more than just even a religious experience, as great as those experiences might be. It's more than just even a nice Christmas uh, meeting. Maybe we come to like this. It's coming to those things. It's coming, having your heart touched, having your imagination stirred, but for the purpose of sending you on this journey then. That we don't just learn nice things, but we learn those things so our heart is just moved so that we pursue on a journey. And I would suggest to you, One of the greatest things about following Jesus is not just coming to a worship service. I mean, this is great. I love this. This is, I, I, I really enjoy this, but it's that God reveals himself to us. And then now he has given us different ways to know him even more. It's like with my wife, I adore her. I really adored her on the day that I married her. That was beautiful. That was fun. We got video evidence. It was great. Um, but how, how weird would it be if I just stopped there and said, all right, I'm done. I got my prize. I got this beautiful woman. We're married. No, actually, that's just the beginning. Now I get to experience life. I get to learn her. I get to know her. I get to walk with life in life together with her. And in the same way, as we follow Jesus, it's not just about hearing these good things about who he is. It's saying now, what does it mean to walk with God holding my life? What does it what does it mean for me to have my life ordered to him? And that pursuit, it might involve sacrifice. We look here, these shepherds, again, we're, we're looking at what we've got here. Um, they left their job. And, and maybe that wasn't the best. I'm not, advocate. please don't go from here and go back to your employer and say, yo, I need to leave for like two weeks because I got to pursue Jesus. And my pastor told me, here's a note. Um, you might get fired. So don't blame that on me. What I'm saying, though, is these shepherds, they left their very important work that they had to do, their responsibilities. Not because those responsibilities were bad, but because what they were pursuing was so worth it to them that they would leave and sacrifice. And, and maybe for some of us, we can ask the question, what does it look like for us to follow Jesus in a sacrificial way? Maybe for some of us, it's just like giving up. And I use those quotes, air quotes, giving up Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings are precious, right? You prep for NFL. You sleep in. There's bagels that are toasted. There's coffee that you can grind. There, there's relaxing comforters. And, and maybe it's saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm a little tired. I work hard all week, but I'm going to go because that's an opportunity to learn more about God and be with his people. Maybe for some of us, sacrifice means, you know what? I don't know if I totally get this whole Christianity deal. Some of it seems like gobbledygooky to me. You know, honestly, sometimes I read the Bible. I don't know if I fully believe everything that's listed here. But I'm going to sacrifice my need to have to feel like I can put my full brain around everything with a heart of faith that's saying, I believe God will reveal to me who he is. And I'll sacrifice some of my thoughts. Maybe, honestly, sacrifice involves real... Like, you can lose some of the goals that you have in life for the sake of following Jesus. Maybe God says, yeah, you know what? You could be number one in your work or your school or your, that, that, you know, aspiration you have. But maybe you're going to give up one night a week to walk with someone who really needs to be walked with and love them. Yeah, you know, I know you're struggling financially, but maybe sacrifice looks like for the sake of loving those around me, I'll give some of what I have for the sake of blessing someone in mercy. So maybe following Jesus involves sacrifice. But can I suggest to you that just like we see here with the shepherds, that the sacrifice is worth it because the reason we sacrifice is worthy. Yeah, it might be sacrifice. But when you look at why you sacrifice oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that, that makes sense. He's beautiful. He's worth anything I have to give. So we see that the shepherds pursued. We also see that the shepherds, they uh, participated. And I I imagine these shepherds wandering through Bethlehem. Because again, maybe God gave them some instructions. It doesn't look like it. He just said, this is what it's going to look like. So I imagine these shepherds wandering through Bethlehem, probably about a mile from where they were seeing these angels. And like, all right, nope, just a cow. Keep moving. Nope, loud donkeys here, no baby. And and just going like manger to manger, stable to stable, until they found it. They eventually find these new parents and this little baby lying in a manger. And obviously, they need to explain why they're there. Because they can't just come in and hang out there. and, And, you know, mom and dad are looking. You see these guys just like coming in. And I can smell the sheep off them. And they're just like standing here. I don't know what they're doing. They had to explain why they're there. They explained what the angels told them, why they came to see this little baby. And, and they need to explain what led them there. In verse 18, you see the response to it. Because I imagine them saying, yeah, we were watching our sheep. And man, this one angel appeared and he started giving us prophecy from the Bible. And then a whole thousand of angels start singing. And that's why we're here to see this baby. Because he's the Messiah. He's the promised king. He is God incarnate. Verse 18, you see the response, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. I think that's a polite way to say, What you talking about, Willis? You know, that's it, a polite way to say, huh? Like people are hearing this, and they're like, say what? <laughs> Seriously? Like you shepherds, the God of this revealed to you, and that's why you're here to see this baby. I mean, this that little fat little baby that just pooped himself, that's that's the king of the universe? Seriously? Seriously? That that that's why you're here? All who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. I don't know if they believed most of the people, but here's the significance of their participation. You see what Mary said here or what Mary did here. What in verse 19, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Because maybe no one else, it meant anything to them that these shepherds were there. It meant something to Mary. And, and when they shared these things about the baby that was sitting here, as fat and cute and cuddly as he was, that it wasn't just a fat, cute, cuddly baby. It was actually the king of the universe. It affirmed to Mary that everything she had gone through, it was true. That everything she had experienced when she was telling her family, yeah, I'm pregnant, but I, I didn't have relations with, I, it, it's, I'm a ver- like, I, everyone that called her crazy, everyone that called her, Insane. everyone that said you're off, you're off. everyone that called her a liar, everyone that called her reputation in disrepute, disrebu- and as she had gone through this nine-month journey and finally had this child, it was affirmation almost from God saying, it was all true. Remember those songs I gave you back early on? That was true, and now you're seeing the fulfillment of it. You have followed obediently, and Mary treasured up these things. How? Because a punch of tired. Old, perhaps smelly shepherds were the ones to affirm to her. God used them. God used them for Mary's benefit. And I guess what we can learn from the shepherds, your participation in the things of God matters. Every single one of us, and we talk about this at our church a lot, it's easy for church to just be about a few people who are doing quote-unquote important things, or vocal things. But the reality is every single one of us matters. And, and your story matters. And how God is working in your life matters. And I'll be very honest. For me, again, I love things like this. I love preaching and being with the people of God. But you know what encourages me and sometimes inspires me to keep going? When someone who I've never met in the church, like sends me an email or comes up to me and says, H- here's how God is working in my life. I'm like, Really? Wow. Praise God. And I'm reminded that God is at work and that every single one of us here, our journey, as sometimes difficult as it is, as sometimes lacking in faith as we seem it might be, and sometimes feeling like you're holding on by a thread, you don't know how your family's going to stay together, but yet you still cling to God or maybe better God's clinging to you. It's a reminder for me of how God is at work and our participation. It matters. So we see that the shepherds pursued, they, they participated. And number three, they proclaimed. So these shepherds, they've explored, right? They've participated and now they proclaim and worship. And there's this beautiful ripple effect because first we saw the angels singing, right? And I'm, I'm assuming that during this angel singing, the shepherds were fat, flat, uh, face flat on the ground, just in awe. They can't do anything. And what do you do when a thousand angels are singing at the top of their lungs? Fearsome. But then now, as these shepherds have experienced the message of Jesus and seen him themselves, they too joined in singing. Now they can't help but do the same thing that the angels were, and they're praising God and proclaiming the truth as we see here. And notice, I I love this part here. Notice that their worship, glorifying and praising God, it's tied with them returning back. We see that here, right? It says that, and the shepherds returned in verse 20. The lesson for us, worship, all that we do here, and as glorious it is, as we sing together, as we, as we learn about God, as we have our hearts just moved, it's great, but it's never meant to just be contained here. It's never meant to be contained here. But we take these treasures. We have it harbored in our lives so that we can send back and return to whatever that looks like for every single one of us. Maybe it's returning to family. Maybe it's returning to neighbors. Maybe it's returning to work. Maybe it's returning to school. Maybe it's returning to people who have nothing to want to do with God. But yet, as we are touched here at the village, for instance, we send everyone back. And you praise God. You, you, you worship God in your life. You proclaim him. And what are they proclaiming enthusiastically? It's what the angel told them uh, in verse 10, where he says, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. That's the message that we have to proclaim. And um, I don't know about you, but as I scan kind of the just uh, the culture, I hear one thing a lot right now, man, 2016 stunk. <laughs> like I'm looking to kick it in the behind and go on to 2017. I don't know how many like little memes I've seen. 2017 is coming. Hold on. It's like 2016. We just want to keep in the rearview mirror and kind of delete it from our experiences for some people. I know even in our church, that's the, just talking with some folks. It's been a really hard year, a really difficult year. But here's the thing, and not dismissing how hard 2016 was, every year is hard for different people. (laughs) Honestly, right? 2016 stunk for some people. 2015 stunk for some people. 2014 stunk. And you keep going back till the history of time. And for some people, every year stinks, right? It's like every at the end of every year, oh, I can't wait for 2017. I can't wait for 2016. Here comes 2015. And, And we keep looking to say, this was just hell on earth. There's got to be something better. But here's what I want to say. It shouldn't surprise us that life has been hard or life is stunk because that's actually what the Bible promises us. It talks about curses that have entered our world through rebellion and sin of humankind. And it's actually promises. You know what? This world is going to be full of Difficulty. And as some of you, you might have gone to churches where they say, if you follow Jesus, everything is going to be roses and champagne after that. Turn that frown upside down because you should just be feeling happy. That's not biblical. If you ever hear a message in church saying, well, you know what? You just need a positive outlook on life because things are really not as bad as they seem. Hogwash, it is. This is a broken world. It's a hurt world. It's a world that's broken along strife in so many different ways. It's a world where disease just wrecks our bodies. It's a world where loss is too common. It's a world where the sting of death affects every single person. No one escapes that. That's the world that we live in. But guys, that's why Christmas is so significant with coming of Jesus into this world that so many of us want to escape from. I don't know about you. There's some days I wake up or like, all right, Jesus, I'm ready to come home. <laughs> this is rough. Whew. This is where I'm waiting for glory. I'm waiting for into a world like that, where some of us just want to run away and find an island by ourselves, Because of course we don't sin. So we would never have any problems, right? <laughs> into a world like that. Jesus entered the world fully knowing what it was to be with us. Ultimately to be our hero by conquering the brokenness of death through his own brokenness and death on a cross and his glorious resurrection from the dead. That's who Jesus is. And guys, just with the points we said, he's come to pursue you in your brokenness. I don't know if any of you feel broken. Maybe it's just me. But if you feel broken, if you are trapped in uh, the brokenness, whether it's your own doing or someone else's, Jesus has come to pursue you. And now he invites you to pursue him. Because the truth is the only way that we can say we can want to pursue him is because he has first pursued us. Pursue him. And I want to give you an invitation. Maybe some of you, maybe you don't know God. Maybe you don't give a rip about God. Maybe he really has nothing relevant to do with your life at all. Can I invite you this day? There's no. There's got to be not coincidence that you're sitting here. Maybe you're like, yeah, heck no, I know why here. It's because it's kid made me come or this sister made me no maybe god wants you here so that you could learn the good news that even in our brokenness there is a god who wants to fix us do you have areas of your life that are twisted trust jesus with that receive pursue him he welcomes you to participate and I want, to, I want to invite you, especially if you're in this, maybe that you're here for the first time, join us here at the village. Be part of God's great work. Don't just sit on the sidelines, but recognize and live out that God wants you to be part of what he's doing here. And God is doing some cool things in Baltimore and beyond through this church. We want you to be a part of it. Your story matters. And he calls you to proclaim him to others, not just in a nice religious setting like this, but when you return back to life, whatever that looks like for you, that we proclaim him. And we worship him. So can I ask us to stand together? And our, our music team's going to come up and lead us to just proclaim in one voice through song. But as we do that, I'm going to ask you to look up here. We have the communion table, the Lord's Supper. And this is something that Jesus gave to his followers to say, do this on a regular basis. Remember me. Remember Jesus by looking at that middle plate with the wafers symbolizing the broken body of Jesus. As he took the bread and broke and said, this is my body broken for you. And on the sides, we have the cups showing us, reminding us of the shed blood of Jesus that forgives us of for sin. So as you, if you're a Christian, I would invite you to come up, take a piece of the wafer from both sides and dip it in the cup right there. And take it and remember the sacrifice of Jesus. Remember this Christmas, as many distractions as they are. Take time to say, Lord, focus me on what this is really all about. And maybe for some of you, maybe it's been a long time you've been in church. Maybe you got not much patience for it all. Can you maybe sit and let God say something to you? Or perhaps for you to take some time to pause in that. Evaluate your life. Maybe it's been a hard year. I'm not saying follow Jesus and turn that frown upside down. 2017 will be, no, but he will make sense of your life as we put our life in him. So let me pray for us. Lord, help us as we worship this day continually and remind us that worship proclaiming you is not just something that we do in in a meeting once a week, but like the shepherds, when we've experienced something great, when we've experienced something grand, when we've experienced something beautiful and awesome and magnificent, that the king of the universe would humble himself and come to our earth as broken as it is so that he can fix broken things. Lord, help us to experience that so that we have something to take with us to a world that's broken, our city that's in need of hope, our world that's in need of hope. Send us from this place with that same message, Lord, just like the shepherds as we go back. So help us right now as we worship and see you. Lord, we thank you for this great gift. We thank you, Lord. So I'm gonna invite you to sing, hopefully some songs that might be familiar. Receive communion, pray, however you need to do, and let's let's allow this to be our proclamation to God.